group leaders. We are in week eight, Mark chapter 11, verses 1 through 26. Our icebreaker question, what is the grandest entrance you've ever made to an event or gathering? This could be a fun question. While ours will never be as magnificent as that of Christ's triumphal entry, it will be entertaining to hear about how your members have put themselves out there in different places and spaces. I hope you guys have some good stories to share this week. All right, after your icebreaker, feel free to pray and then jump into reading the passage. Um, We always have our standalone question, what stood out to you in this section of scripture or from Sunday's sermon? So feel free to get going with that. Question two is, what did you learn about Christ through the fulfillment of prophecy in the triumphal entry? Review Mark 11 and Zechariah 9.9. And how can Jesus' fulfillment of biblical prophecy strengthen your faith in him? Okay, so the purpose of this question is to encourage your group to engage with the truth of biblical prophecy and discuss how it can fortify your understanding of who God is and what he has done for us. First, we learn that Jesus is the Messiah the world has been waiting for. Through the prophet Zechariah, in Zechariah chapter 9, verse 9, we learn that Jesus will be a victorious king who leads his people with humility. This is exactly what we see as Jesus humbles himself, laying aside his deity in order to save humanity. Pastor Nate also mentioned how in Mark eleven ten, the people in Jerusalem proclaim his coming from the Davidic line, which is another important part of the fulfillment of prophecy with his triumphal entry. The ways in which Christ fulfilled the biblical prophecy are really astounding. Pastor Nate read over 30 examples of how Jesus proved that he was the Son of God. Whether this was his words or actions, Jesus went to great lengths to reveal himself to us as the awaited Messiah. These prophecies, which were predicted thousands of years ago, give us confidence in Jesus and in our salvation. If Jesus is who he says that he is, then we can trust in what he says. We can claim his promises. We can believe that he is the way, the truth, and the life. We can know without a doubt that Christ is our hope. All right, question three. Just like the lifelessness of the cursed fig tree, Pastor Nate said, disconnection from God leads to lifelessness. What truth do you see in this statement? So the goal of this question is to consider how the lifelessness of the cursed fig tree is representative of life without God. So the fig tree was a living parable representing the nation of Israel. The tree looked like it could have been fruitful from the outside, but it was not. So this was the issue Jesus had with Israel is that they were outwardly being showy with their faith and yet their faith was not actually genuine at all. His rebuke was strong and the calling is to be connected to the true vine. Like it says in John 15, the reality is that Israel did not get it. They were missing the point of the gospel and Jesus used the fig tree to call them out. They were lifeless because they were not connecting themselves to the true source of life. Jesus came that they may have life and have it to the fullest. John 10, 10. Encourage your group members to share ways in which they see this playing out in the world or in their own personal lives. How lifelessness is disconnection from God. If you'd like to go deeper with this question, you could ask, how do you stay connected and pursue a healthy relationship with God? Pastor Nate talked about, quote unquote, root care in this section of his sermon, which describes how our own investment, how we need to have our own investment in spiritual health. 
So help your group to identify ways that they currently and or could be pursuing a healthier relationship with God. Question four, how do you identify and combat spiritual busyness? Describe ways in which you can rearrange or have rearranged your life in order to be rooted in Christ. So the goal of this question is to recognize spiritual busyness as a challenge to our spiritual health. Well, with the power of the Holy Spirit, we can rise from these struggles to victory. Pastor Nate said, Jesus is looking for true devotion, not for spiritual busyness. This statement was made in relation to when Jesus cleansed the temple. He wanted Israel to understand that true devotion was void of all the theatrics that they had created. The worship Jesus saw was not honoring to God, and it caused him great anger and grief. So it's in spiritual busyness that we miss the mark. We are not able to be truly devoted to God because we're too busy with other quote-unquote spiritual things. This is not what God wants for us. Just as Christ rearranged the temple, so it is with us. He wants us to rearrange our lives so that we can be rooted in Him. Rearranging our lives may mean a few different things. Pastor Nate mentioned how we focus on giving rather than taking. We can focus on others rather than ourselves. And we can also focus on a rhythm of prayer and worship rather than the distracting hustle and bustle of spiritual busyness. So there's going to be a time when you can encourage your group members to offer praise to God for times when he has helped them get rooted in him and avoid this spiritual busyness. There may be members that want to confess ways they'd like to see themselves be even better rooted in Christ. Either way, the entire group will benefit from these moments of praise and confession. Question five. What steps can you take to best prepare your mind and heart to worship our Lord and Savior on Easter weekend? So with this question, you really just want to encourage your group to share the way in which their minds and hearts may or may not be oriented towards God as we consider such beautiful moments of remembrance and celebration for the Christian faith coming up next weekend. Just as Jesus' triumphal entry prepared the disciples and all of Jerusalem for his arrival, we can prepare our hearts and minds in such a way that we are, can be most fully engaged in the celebration of our risen King. We pray that no lifelessness or spiritual busyness will get in the way, but that we will be all in and ready to worship in spirit and in truth. Whatever the applications may be, encourage your group toward living out God's word, reminding them that it's the Holy Spirit that empowers and equips us to follow his word. You might even consider being prepared with a couple of points of application that you can share to get things started. So our prayer application for this week is related to Easter. (laughs) It makes a lot of sense that with Easter weekend around the corner, that we are praying for our church and churches all over the world, praying that Uh, as we celebrate Jesus' death and resurrection, that we will get it. (laughs) Pray for as many as possible to come hear the good news of the gospel and to be saved. Pray that God would remove any barriers or challenges that may prevent someone from coming to church. Pray for logistics to be smooth and not overwhelming for volunteers or attendees. Pray that God would show you the family and friends that you can invite to come with you. Ultimately, let's just spend some time committing it uh, in prayer to the preparation of our hearts for worship on Easter weekend. We have some leadership notes about leading an encouraging community this week. So I encourage you to check that out in our printed leader guide. These were written by Denise Buck this week on uh, 2 Corinthians 9, 8. 
then we also have a few announcements ready for you guys. But ultimately, uh, with everything going on and just with what you're doing, I just want to express how thankful I am for you and grateful for the way that God is using you in and through your life groups. So thank you so much and have blessed meetings this week.